Welcome to the Employee HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Isad, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. And working the board, Nikki Navarro, his last uh, last time working the board as a single man, getting married in July. Congratulations. Congratulations, Nikki. So uh, a recent survey came out, actually not even a survey, it's uh, some statistics from EEOC, the, the charges this year up uh, 20% over last year. Yeah, and this is this is fiscal year, so it's October 1st, 2021 through end of September 2022, so that's how their kind of reporting period lies. But yeah, up 19.8% this past fiscal year compared to the prior one. And that's following many years of decline in charges. So this is the first year it's actually jumped up and it's jumped up a lot. Right. So it's for 10 years in a row, the number of uh, EEOC charges went down. So 20% is a pretty sizable jump, you know, coming off of, uh, you know, COVID. They they blame a lot of it from coming, you know, being off during COVID, potentially working from home. Now you're back in the workplace. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, up twenty percent, and people forget to handle how to handle themselves when uh, when they're back in the office. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow, almost seventy four thousand claims, seventy three thousand four hundred and eighty five claims, uh, increased twelve thousand over twenty twenty one. So the uh, biggest claim retaliation. Yeah, over half of the charges in the EOC said that the uh, the claimant said they were felt like they were retaliated against for bringing up the charge. So that's just amazing. So over half of the charges include retaliation. Although that's not a protected characteristic like race, religion, gender, national origin, that was over half of the charges, which is which is really surprising. Yeah, 52% retaliation. And then a couple other, uh, uh, one of the most common one, four years in a row, dis, uh, disability discrimination, as, as well as you had uh, the uh, harassment. Harassment was at 24,000 claims. Yeah, I mean, so... We also followed up by race, sex, and religion, kind of topping out that top five. Um, but yeah, disability and retaliation, kind of the top two top two areas. I would have thought it would have been religion more, just thinking from, I know a lot of uh, people use that as a reason why they wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. Right. Yeah. And I could see, you know, people being fired because they didn't get the vaccine. I would have thought religion would have been higher. I mean, it's not a small number. Nineteen percent of all charges said that all of all charges included uh, yeah, religion. Yeah, nineteen thousand or so thirteen thousand. Yeah. That's a decent number, but it's just not as high as the disability and retaliation. Right, right. When you look at discrimination past disability, uh, race, sex, and religion, but I, I got to think, uh, and I think Jason, you mentioned off air that it was uh, a proven statistic that a big part of the religious EEOC complaints were people that didn't want to get the vaccine. And said, "Well, I, I, I'm religious. I can't. I can't do it." And right? They were then told they weren't religious, so they filed EEOC complaints. That's exactly right. Some some big numbers. What? Uh, any indication of what the future looks like? You know, the the scary thing is there's uh, still 51,000 charges that are pending. So the EEOC has an open book, like a like an open list of charges that they still have not resolved. The 51,000, then that's up almost 20 percent compared to last year too. So they're hiring more uh, investigators, more EEO staff is being uh, hired. So I think we're going to expect kind of this number to either hover around this next year or, or maybe even a slight increase. That's a big number. And, and when you look at the monetary relief uh, during this same time period for this, the 12 months we're looking at the EEOC, they ended up with uh, $513 million in monetary relief. Wow. So, so employers... Paid the uh, paid the employees that filed the charges uh, over five hundred and thirteen million dollars. 
half a billion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think some of the EOC priorities are not only just to hire more people to get ready for this kind of increase in charges, but they're looking at artificial intelligence. The main thing is, are you being discriminatory in your hiring? Like, do you have an automated hiring platform or resume screening platform that's inappropriately ruling out based on race or gender, religion, national origin, things like that? Uh, and they're also looking at uh, potentially other areas to promote diversity and discrimination, diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So we'll see where the EOC initiatives go. Um, but and equal pay is another going to be a big area where the EOC is going to start concentrating on are employees in your organization being paid fairly if it's a female compared to their male counterparts and, and different characteristics like that. And, and, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners that haven't gone through the process. So Jason, you and I have, we've been through it many times with our clients where we've attended hearings because, you know, it's, and several of them that we've been to, it's, it's clients that, uh, you know, clients, some prospects, some, some friends that we've helped that, uh, have never had one before and don't know what to don't expect. Do, yeah. And, uh, and Jason and I have gone through the process and it's, uh, you know, for your, uh, their goal in your EEOC hearings before it goes to the, you know, uh, to the end route is uh, with the mediators to try and resolve it and see what you know, what can be resolved on the issues. Yeah, typically I think it's over 90% of the mediations do end up in some type of settlement where the company gives something. Maybe it's monetary, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, a recommendation or release, something like that. But in a di- in exchange for a signed release where the employee, or former employees typically, are signing that they will, uh, won't press charge or won't get monetary, drop the charges. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, the mediator's job is to make the case go away. Well, I could see if your company's never had one, how daunting it could be where it's like, we're being accused of something. Yeah, it's scary. I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we've had a, a, a few where the other side had uh, had attorneys and was, you know, the, the company was completely blindsided. We've had others where, uh, you know, a, a person files a complaint with, you know, you can pick the EEOC or you can pick the Department of Human Rights in Illinois, for example, but you can't do both. So we've had some where they do both and they try and, pick the one the employee tries to pick the one to to move forward with but we've had uh, you know in most cases uh, as we went through mediation with the clients at the end of the day the the case was solved and not solved but settled yeah uh, it's usually a pretty good first step even if you don't plan on settling sometimes it saves on attorney fees sometimes you can get information out of the the claimant to see what it, it may be potential evidence that you didn't know that they had so mediation is usually a good route to go even if you're not planning on settling Right. In any in any of the negotiations there, uh, they can't, either party can't bring that into the... Full investigation. Right. 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 It's just it's just an opportunity to investigate and try and settle. And you know, we've gone in with some, uh, the claimant wants some pretty good sized numbers and we've settled pretty low. So it, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting experience. So some of the things that are recommended tips to avoid some of these problems is have a really strong discrimination and harassment policy. Uh, do a good, good job training and communicating that to your employees. Then have a good, strong culture of kind of reinforcing respectful environment. Right. And a good HR team. <laughs> right. That. Or at least outsource, right? Right. There you go. The uh, So another topic uh, that, that was kind of recent uh, in the news, Robert Half had a... Uh, some research they did, nearly four in 10 professionals are reporting rising burnout. Yeah, 38%. It's not 38% people feel like they're burnt out. It's 38% feel like they're more burnt out now compared to a year ago. Before. Yeah. So that, the number of employees, the percentage of employees is much higher than 38%, but that's 38% feel I'm more burnt out now compared to a year ago. 
Yeah, when you look at your top three, uh, the biggest one is the heavy workload. Yeah, and I think that has to do with the combination of trying to fill spots, you know, the tight labor market, and then uh, the great migration. You know, when someone leaves, someone's got to pick up the slack until that position's filled and it snowballs. Yeah. That's 56% of the respondents say they have a heavy workload, which is contributing to their burnt out. Burnout. You've got another 32% that say lack of communication and support from management. So your communication, and that's something that we've talked about a lot is, is uh, within your organization have good communication. Yeah, even down to try to meet with everyone once a month, you know, supervisor, employee-wise. And I think that makes a big difference. And, you know, the, and the third highest factor uh, they referenced was insufficient tools and resources to perform effectively. Yeah, yeah surprise. So like Scott just mentioned, if you're meeting with your employees either one-on-one or maybe as a department or a company soliciting feedback, maybe through a survey, these are a couple of areas that you'll be able to dig out of that survey or your discussions with your employees is how are we do, doing a good job communicating with you? Do you have the tools and equipment you need to do your job well? Yeah, the communication should lower that number then. Exactly, right? Yeah, it, um, the insufficient it, insufficient tools, was kind of, I was surprised at that one. Me too. Yeah, so, I, and one way or just, I guess you need to have two-way feedback with your employees to, to find out if that's a, a problem area for your organization. Right. Yeah, and this is uh, professional, so this isn't... Yeah, like time about women, a hammer. Right? Men or women out in the field, this is typically office Color. professionals, yeah. right? Jason could be talking about educational tools or things like that. Jason's complaining because he doesn't have the stand-up desk. Right. (laughs) Right. Your compass and protractor. (laughs) Abacus. So the the age group most affected is uh, millennials, Mm -hmm. age uh, 27 to 42, and then uh, working parents. Yeah, and and then the the, the kind of last group that's kind of affected by this burnout is employees who have been with the organization two to four years, which typically for millennials, that, that is the time frame where they're staying with the organization. So that's kind of a, a twofold approach where if you're looking at younger employees, I mean, obviously concentrate on the entire organization, but the younger employees generally stay with the organization less than four years. Right. Right. So yeah, interesting that, that it, it would, your burnout would be between years two and four. I, I guess in theory, after four years, you kind of got a handle on it and right, you're not as burned out or and in the survey, they found that 37% of employees feel uneasy about expressing their feelings of burnout to their manager. Um, and another one in five said that their manager hasn't taken the steps to, to fix the problem. So that's assuming that the one in five have talked to their manager. Yeah, about. right. Yeah, exactly. But the communication, I mean, they, you know, it, clearly there there's work to be done here with with the burnout and the communication. And, and that goes back to when we've talked before about performance management of people uh, having that open communication between managers and employees. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think if, if the burnout, the number one reason is heavy workload. And if you, your company just doesn't have the revenue to support hiring right now, maybe if you can get a temp for a few weeks, maybe that's a short-term answer to take, let's get this big project, let the, like some, some low-hanging fruit off of your workers' plates and That'll free them up to do something. So maybe there's some short-term creative ways to, to fix some of these problems. Yeah, and I know it says uh, encourage to take time off, but I think, I call me cynical, I think it's a way better idea to bring in a temp and have work done that way because when you tell everybody take more work off, it's going to be the person that's not working yeah, full. Right, yeah. They're the first ones that are going to be in line to take the time off. And that's going to put a greater burden on the person that's working really hard. Yeah. So. And so, and but yeah, on that note, some of the feedback from uh, employees uh, and employers that 
tried to alleviate that burnout. They said, you know, it encouraged people to take time off, uh, increase your uh, schedule flexibility. Yeah. They didn't really reference the work from home, work from the office, but more of a schedule flexibility overall. And then give them guidance, give your, uh, give your team guidance on prioritizing projects so they're not, you know, they don't have, they're, you know, they're not working on 20 different things at the same time. Be, be effective at what you're working on. Uh, Good point. Yeah, and, you know, interesting with Scott, with, uh, you know, your reference on taking time off. So 28% of the employees say they're going to take more vacation this summer than, than last summer. Yeah. Which, you know, which you had just mentioned we see as well here. Definitely. And uh, so they're going to use more vacation days this year than, than last year. I mean, there's more travel. There's definitely a pent-up demand for And you still hear about COVID, but it's not like right what it used to be. So I think that's why people are more comfortable to travel. I mean, I just flew back and forth uh, to Europe, and there's, I think maybe I saw a handful of people wearing masks, whereas before, a year ago, yeah, you, know, you had to be on the plane eating, pulling the mask back up. That's just hysterical too. When you yeah. think back of it, you know, yeah. the people that uh, the the airlines that made you keep your mask on, and you could pull it down to eat and put it back up while you chew. While you chew, it's yeah, crazy. Uh, so another uh, another twenty eight percent say they feel like they can't take time off from their job, uh, so they won't take a vacation because they can't uh, they can't afford the time off. Yeah, or they're worried about uh, job security. Job security, right? Yeah, which Scott had mentioned. Yeah. Definitely. I think the giving guidance and uh, bringing additional staff, and I think those are the two last ones, especially for the people that are working really hard. You know, the last thing you want to do, like I said, is say, everybody, you know, take your vacation. And it's usually the slackers, the first person to go, yeah, I'll take time off. And then whatever little work they're doing is going to be put on the, you know, yeah. the overworked people. And, and if you do have good employees and you're feeling like th- you're seeing that they're burnt out because of workload, maybe it's a good time to reassess. Do they have the right responsibilities? Are, 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 do we have too many projects on their plate? If there is something that is just nice to have this year, maybe, can you postpone it until 2024? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good time to kind of take a holistic re- review of the, the workers' responsibilities and projects. Right. Any other hot, uh, hot points, Jason, that's go- going on with, uh, with people this summer on the HR front? No, it's uh, artificial intelligence is still kind of a big topic, if, especially for organizations that are bigger, have hiring more hiring needs, that they're looking for better ways and more efficient ways to recruit. Um, we're seeing some clients scale that back a little bit for fear of discrimination, and they just don't want to eliminate someone because it's such a hard market right now to find good talent. They just don't want to try and accidentally rule somebody out that could have been that good employee. Uh, so we're seeing some clients scale back on their artificial intelligence recruiting. I know it's it, the numbers uh, that IBM had posted out. So just strike me that on the AI side that they, uh, as people are leaving the organization, they're not replacing, they're expecting to not replace 7,000 people, uh, mostly in their HR team because of AI. I hope they don't ask who uh, founds, who the founders are of various companies. Then I ran that again from our previous <laughs> podcast. They still don't have us listed. It's well, still wrong. Yeah. And, you know, other people say, oh, it's not meant for that. It's like, well, if you can't trust that data, you got to pick and choose what's right. I mean, I'm, I know it's the wave of the future, but it's like when it's given yeah. out inaccurate information. Not ready yet. How can you trust it? Yeah, no, there's still a lot of work to be done in the AI. Yeah. Stuff. Interesting. It's definitely uh, definitely not going away. So, but if you, uh, if you have any questions or uh, topics or ideas, feel free to reach out, hr at employco.com. Jason, that goes right to Jason. So Jason's happy to... Uh, 
happy to uh, answer your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we love topic suggestions. Yeah, and a uh, and a final shout out to Carrie and uh, Nikki Navarro on the congratulations on the, on the pending wedding. So best of luck to you guys, and uh, look forward to you guys joining us on our next podcast next month. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks.